keto diet into eating, most of us have probably wondered which of these famous diets is the best for our bodies. I'm Valeria, a student of Liceo Maricurie in Tradate, and in this episode of our Teens Life podcast, I will explain the basics of nutrition and I will answer some of the questions that teenagers perhaps ask themselves. Nutrition has been a hot topic in the past years due to all the fake information and misleading claims spread by influencers on the internet. Body Mass Index, BMI, is a mathematical formula that divides a person's weight by the square of their height. The result is a number that fits one of these body weight categories, underweight, normal or healthy weight, overweight and obese. A BMI lower than 18.5 falls in the underweight category. A BMI between 18.5 and 24.9 falls in the healthy weight category. Between 25 and 29.9 is considered overweight, and above 30 means obese. A high BMI can also be an indicator of high body fat, which could lead to health problems. However, BMI is not an accurate diagnosis of body fatness or of an individual's overall health. It can, in fact, often underestimate or overestimate a person's body fat. For example, BMI doesn't distinguish between body fat and muscle mass, which is important because a kilo of muscle is smaller than a kilo of fat. A piece of muscle weighs in fact about 18% more than the same size piece of fat. An example of when BMI was wrong is basketball player LeBron James, who has a BMI of 27.5, which falls in the overweight category. In conclusion, you shouldn't worry if you don't end up in the healthy weight category. Don't think that you should lose weight only because your BMI is higher than normal. You should always ask for a medical opinion before starting a diet. However, if you understand that you want to lose weight or you need to do it, here are some tips on how to. Many people, especially teenagers, don't know how to lose weight in a healthy way and they end up ruining their relationship with food. The most important thing is that the only way to lose weight is to be in a calorie deficit. This means that the number of calories a person consumes daily is smaller than the number of calories they burn. A person can create a calorie deficit by reducing the number of calories they eat, increasing their activity levels or both. Our bodies need to burn a certain amount of calories to carry through all of its vital functions. This number varies based on a person's height, weight, sex, activity levels, body composition, and age. Once one knows how many calories they need each day, they can start creating the calorie deficit. A kilo of fat contains about 7,000 calories. This means that to lose a kilo in a week, you'd need to eat 7,000 calories less than the calories that your body burns in a week. So a deficit of 1,000 calories per day. However, nutritionists say that the best and most sustainable way to lose weight is by losing half a kilo a week, which would mean being in a 500 calorie deficit per day. It's important not to lower your daily calorie intake too much. This could lead to many health problems, including issues with gaining or maintaining bone mass, deprivation of the brain of the energy that is necessary, increase in the risk of developing gallstones and decrease of our metabolism. The decrease of the metabolism is often linked to not being able to lose weight no matter how little we eat. Metabolism is the chemical processes that occur within a living organism in order to maintain life. 
If you eat too little, your metabolism will decrease because you will go on survival mode. Your body will in fact sense that there isn't much food and you will lower the rate at which it usually burns calories. PubMed Central conducted a four-day study on 32 people. The resting metabolic rate of those who consumed 1,114 calories per day slowed more than twice as much as that of those who ate 1,462 calories. However, the two groups didn't get very different results in terms of weight loss. In conclusion, consuming too little calories isn't going to speed up your weight loss journey, and it will make it hard for you to go back to eating a normal amount of calories. You will probably gain weight, in fact, because your metabolism will be slower. In addition to health problems, eating too little can also lead to mental health problems, such as eating disorders. An eating disorder is a mental disorder defined by abnormal eating habits that affect negatively a person's physical, psychological, and social function. Three millions of Italians are affected by eating disorders. 95% are females, however, this problem is not to be downplayed in men. The COVID-19 pandemic has contributed to the worsening of the situation due to the closure of schools, the detachment from friends, and the lack of social interactions. The number of people affected by these problems has increased by 30%. In Italy, the assistance facilities had to close access or suspend activities during the lockdown. Hospitals often had to exclude people suffering from eating disorders from recovery due to the high number of people hospitalized for COVID. There are different kinds of eating disorders. Some of the most known examples are anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and binge eating disorder. Among the symptoms of eating disorders, there often also is an obsession with exercising. People who suffer from this problem avoid social occasions to exercise and continue exercising even when sick or injured. Sport is beneficial to our mental and physical health. However, a bad relationship with exercise can lead to a lot of damage. Exercising should be an enjoyable way to keep healthy, not a way to burn calories and to punish yourself after eating. The US Department of Health and Human Services carried out an international survey into physical activity in American children in 2013, and they found out that only 29% of high school students exercise regularly. However, exercise has a lot of benefits including reducing your risk of heart diseases, improving your mental health and mood, strengthening your bones and muscles, and improving your sleep. Nevertheless, teenagers often feel uncomfortable about their appearance and abilities, and they find it stressful to join sport classes. They aren't attracted to team sports because they can be very competitive. However, there are many options of non-competitive and non-team activities, such as cycling and yoga, that they may enjoy. This way, they could finally start feeling the benefits of exercise. Many people found a balanced lifestyle by practicing intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is a way of eating based on listening to your body cues like hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. It's the opposite of a traditional diet. It doesn't impose guidelines about what to avoid and what or when to eat. It can help you tune into your body signals and heal your relationship with food. Intuitive eating was invented in 1995 by two registered dietitians, Evelyn Tribble and Denise Brash. They created it after noticing that traditional diets had no effect on many of their clients. We are all born naturally intuitive eaters. 
Babies cry when they're hungry and eat until they're full. Growing up, many rules are set around food. We learn that certain foods are good for us and others are bad, and that we should feel guilty if we don't always consume the first ones. Intuitive eating doesn't involve counting calories or tracking macros, and it can help us get that mindset back. This lifestyle is about relearning how to eat, focusing on our internal intuition, without being influenced by external cues like food rules set by society. Intuitive eating has many benefits for our mental and physical health. Some of these are, for example, higher self-esteem, better body image, and lower rates of emotional and disordered eating. But how can we practice intuitive eating? Here are the main principles. First of all, reject the diet mentality that is set up for failure and never brings you perks. Honor your hunger. Every time you try to avoid eating when you're hungry, your body reacts with increasing cravings and appetite, which increases the chances of binging or feeling out of control around food. It's also important to honor your health. Intuitive eating doesn't mean eating junk food every day. However, listening to your body will lead you to eating mostly nutrient-dense food that keeps you full and healthy, and sometimes some less healthy foods that will make you happy and let you enjoy your day. When ice cream won't make you unhealthy, like when salad won't make you healthy. The third principle is to challenge the rules that our society created. There is no such a thing as bad or good foods, and you shouldn't feel bad for eating either. It's also important to discover and feel satisfaction and fullness. Another principle is to find other ways to cope with your feelings. Many people tend to eat certain foods when they feel sad, lonely, or depressed. Food, however, won't fix any of these problems, and even if it can make you feel better temporarily, it's only going to make you feel worse in the long run. It's important to understand the root of the problem instead of trying to avoid it. Respecting your body is the basis to succeed in intuitive eating. Finally, like I said before, movement is important for our mental and physical health. You should try to focus on how it feels to be active instead of on the calorie burning effect of exercise. Recently, vegetarian and vegan diets are becoming more and more known. Many people are promoting or criticizing them. First of all, a vegetarian diet is a diet that doesn't include meat and seafood. A vegan diet is a form of vegetarianism where only plant-based food are consumed and all foods from animal sources, for example, meat, dairy, and eggs, are avoided. People usually decide to become vegan or vegetarian due to health, environmental, or ethical reasons. There are many studies that confirm that both these two lifestyles are completely healthy. Some nutrients can be harder to obtain from these diets, like proteins and vitamin B12. However, a well-planned diet can meet a person's nutritional needs, no matter if it's vegan or vegetarian. There are many options of plant-based foods that are rich in protein, and the best ones are, for example, soy products and quinoa that are complete. A protein is complete when it contains all the nine essential amino acids. Many people think that plant-based diets aren't healthy because of the lack of vitamin B12. Dietitians recommend that people that eat in this way should take supplements of this vitamin to make sure that they're consuming enough of it. 
However, vitamin B12 is a problem even in omnivore people. This vitamin is in fact produced by bacteria that are eaten by animals. This is why people who eat meat obtain vitamin B12 attached with their protein intake. However, it's really difficult for our body to absorb it this way, and we need specific digestion procedures to break it down in small parts that are easily absorbed by the body. As more people start sticking with a plant-based diet, companies try to appeal to their needs, increasing the number of products fortified with vitamins and minerals. Luckily, these B12 fortified foods are more easily digested than the animal-based ones, suggesting that the vegan diet is still perfect for our health. Finally, let's talk about the keto diet. The ketogenic or keto diet is a low-carbohydrates and fat-rich eating plan. It has always been used to help cure or control specific medical conditions, such as diabetes. Recently, this diet is being promoted as an efficient way to lose weight. Unlike other low-carb diets that are usually high in protein and pretty low in fats, someone following a ketogenic diet usually takes about 70 to 80 percent of their daily calorie intake from this group of food. The basis of this diet is that if we deprive our bodies of glucose, which is our main source of energy obtained from carbohydrates, an alternative fuel called ketones will be produced from stored fat. After some days of using stored glucose from the liver, our body will start to use fat as its primary form of fuel, causing weight loss. However, there are many downsides to this lifestyle. Eliminating several groups of food can have many negative side effects, including nutrient deficiency and increased risk of kidney stones. Sarah Seidelman, a cardiologist and nutritionist researcher, discovered that bending entire food groups can actually do more damage than what we think. The ketogenic diet is one of those restricted diets that could have harmful long-term results. To conclude, I hope that some of your questions were answered in this episode, and remember to always inform yourself on the scientific basis behind the products or methods that are promoted on the net.